Mom and dad, if you want grittier kids and young athletes, then turn it up because you're going to love this episode. What's up, mom and dad? Welcome to the Raising Competitors podcast. If this is your very first show, you are in the right place. We are here to equip you as a parent with strategies for raising your youth athlete with grit, growth mindset, gratitude, work ethic, consistency, and leadership. All the skills that we know we will set them up for success in school, in sports, and in life. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm your host here at Raising Competitors. I'm the founder of Compete Every Day. If you're not familiar with us, we are on a mission to equip people with the motivation and resources to be successful in their career, in their work, and in life. But you see, part of my work at Compete Every Day is going out and speaking to companies, to teams, to schools about the importance of learning to compete every day against your own previous best. It's through this work that I've created this uh, intellectual property with the five traits of a winning competitor. And it's sharing that traits of a winning competitor that I've had more and more parents reach out about how do I teach this to my kid? That is what ultimately inspired the creation of the Raising Competitors program. And so I'm incredibly excited that you're here today. If you want to learn more about the work we're doing here at Raising Competitors, visit our website at RaisingCompetitors.com. You'll find a ton of free content. You can sign up for a free seven-day trial membership. Check out all of our bonus material from the podcast and episodes. And just like today's episode, if you go to the website afterwards, you'll find a link that's for members with bonus content where our guest and I dive into a specific topic, activity, and takeaway that you can immediately start applying in your household to help reinforce the messages of this show. If you're a returning guest, welcome back. The only question I have for you is if you have not subscribed to the show yet, will you? Will you subscribe to the show and leave us just a quick rating and review so other parents that want to raise healthy young athletes can find the show, can discover this content, help instill in their kids the importance of being a leader in life? It's not necessarily about the wins and the losses, that final outcome on the scoreboard. It's about the process of who our young athletes are becoming through sport, through school, and through life so that they can be more successful than we were. Today's guest is Dr. Sindra Kampoff. If you listen to the Compete Everyday podcast, she was the same guest that we had this week on the Compete show. And so we dive into Sindra's story about grit building grit, how she's been able to build just an incredibly successful career as one of the nation's leading experts on grit and mental toughness. She traces her work back to when she ran the Boston Marathon in 2013, which if you'll remember was the same year of the bombing. It was during this terrifying incident that Dr. Kampoff realized what mattered most to her in life, what she wanted to be doing with the rest of her life and sent her down a new path. Today's episode has a ton of takeaways. You're going to learn how to use an outcome-driven goals to stay focused, how to use process-driven goals to improve every single day to win that daily competition, how we can develop grit, and how we can support mental toughness and resilience in our kids through conversations. So if you want to hear that bonus content about how we support our kids, be sure to sign up for your membership at RaisingCompetitors.com. It's less than 10 bucks a month. That's two cups of nice Starbucks Frappuccinos coffees that's better suited investing in your kiddos. And we both know that. So check it out. You can get your free trial. 
find out if it's right for you. And even if now is not the right time for your membership, I encourage you to sign up for our email newsletter. We send out an email once a month to all of our free and paid members with just a lesson and activity that you can use to invest in your future competitor. So I hope you'll take that, you'll run with it, and you'll start pouring into your kids. Now, I'm excited to introduce you to someone that I've become just a massive fan of, her work, her attitude, and her just overall spirit on life. Welcome, Dr. Sandra Kampoff. Sandra, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. But I've had the opportunity to follow you online for quite some time. Uh, and then a mutual friend of ours, uh, James Leith, highly recommended you as a guest on the show. And so cool. I think the community is excited about hearing from you. And so the first thing I kind of want to dive into is we work around grit and mental toughness and mentally strong people. I heard you say once on an interview that that developed out of your own struggles as a runner. Could you take us back a little bit about what started that path for you? Yeah, you know, what started me being interested in sports psychology is actually my own experiences. So um, I was an elite runner, um, high school runner, for example, who won the state meet and then got a full ride college scholarship to run division one. And it was actually there that I really struggled with the mental game. So I had a lot of um, physical ability and did a great job in terms of my grit and just my ability to stick with things long term and to really push through obstacles um, and to train really hard. But it was in the moments uh, where I got in the race that I didn't have really a lot of mental toughness. Um, And so, you know, my interest in, in helping athletes and now leaders and now CEOs and corporations and associations because um, my work really started with athletes, but really now is is much broader. It started from my own experience in sport and really struggling with that. That's, that's interesting. It's usually those pain points we have that once we go through them, we want to help other people overcome them. One of the things that I think is interesting about your journey is is that catapulted you down this path, but you're still active. And so I'm curious, as yeah. of our listeners that are former athletes, there's that transition period where there is a little bit of an identity crisis where you're not quite the athlete you once were, but you still, as in one case, you still want to go run like the Boston Marathon. Right. Be competitive with yourself, but it's, you don't beat yourself up as much as you might have when you were an athlete in college and you were doing it on scholarship or for conference championships. Absolutely. I do think that the focus changes. You know, my own experience as a college athlete, I was pretty burnt out when I left, mainly because of my like my mental attitude. And I didn't do a very good job of keeping my mental strength when I was in college. But I got back into running and now have ran 15 marathons. My favorite is the Boston Marathon, uh, which I ran that five times. Um, and for me now, it becomes more of my own personal quest. And, you know, it's less about winning or you know, uh, beating somebody, but it's more about my own personal goals um, and sticking with maybe trying to get a different time or sometimes it's just about completing another marathon. So it's not always, you know, a specific time that I want. And what we actually know is the world's best athletes have a variety of different kind of goals. So they have, um, you know, most people kind of separate them into outcome goals, performance goals, and process goals. Um, 
And what I have found in terms of my own experience as an athlete now, that it becomes more of a performance goal. You know, my, I'm just interested in improving my time and having a great experience. Uh, or I'm focused on the process goals. Okay, I want to run a certain mileage this week to keep my fitness. <laughs> and less about the outcome goal, which is about winning or, uh, you know, uh, beating a, a certain person or winning a championship. Uh, but all of those types of goals are important based on where you are in your journey. I find that interesting because like you said, there's really the two sides to that coin. You're the performance side where it's, it's outcome driven. And then you're the process side, which is really embracing that process of getting better and the journey, not necessarily the outcome. Yes. Successful people be able to go back and forth between those two. Yeah, that's a great question. So in my book, I, I talk about something um, called the night. 95, 5% rule. And it's actually just my own perception. And so um, for the last four years, I worked with uh, the Minnesota Vikings providing mental training to them. Um, and uh, the person who wrote my forward of my book is Adam Thielen. And so for people who don't know Adam, he's a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, somebody I've worked with for eight years and uh, came from a division two school where he got a $500 scholarship to now being a Pro Bowl athlete and just signing a $64 million contract, <laughs> you know, to, to keep playing for the Vikings for, for several years. Um, but I notice in kind of the world's best is that um, they are focused sometimes on the outcome where, you know, they're, they, they want a specific thing that they're going after. But the majority of their time, I think 95% of their time and some of some other people who I've witnessed, I think 99% of their time is really focused on the process. And that's really like how to get better today. Um, and I think the outcome is really helpful to think about when um, when you want to stay motivated and when, for example, you have a hard time getting out there and doing the workout. It's helpful to think about, OK, what am I trying to go for? And OK, it's this race that I want to run or I want to try to qualify for the Olympic trials or I want to get that and that NFL contract. But in the in the moment, it's not really helpful to think about the outcome. Um, and I think athletes don't necessarily know when to switch it off and why it's important to switch it off. But I found particularly while you're competing, if you're thinking about the outcome, it's really detrimental to performance. And so this might be, you know, a salesperson giving a presentation. And if they're thinking in the middle, you know, that, and I don't know if they're going to sign me or not, or if, if I'm going to get this sale, you know, your attention is taken away from the present. Um, and it can be really distracting. So being able to know when to turn on that off, turn on your focus and turn it off, I think is really important on that outcome goal. Uh, on the process path, one of the questions that our community was interested in was, what are the ways that you encourage people to almost get out of their own head and to enjoy that process so it doesn't feel as much of, of work, which it is, uh, but you see it as something fruitful or playing that seeds knowing the harvest is coming later? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it's really about being able to stay pro focused on the process and stay present moment focused because that's really the only place that peak performance happens is when you're focused on the process and focused in the present moment. Um, and so that's something that you can learn over time. It's not something that you're born with, just like the idea of being gritty is not something that you're born with. It's something that you can develop over time. And to me, you know, when I think about grit, I actually use Angela Duckworth's definition, um, who's done most of this research in the area is, you know, being able to stay passionate for what you're doing and sticking with it in the long term. 
we just did a, a great study here um, in Minnesota where we looked at, um, we interviewed 18 uh, athletes who are former athletes or current athletes and they're, they're elite athletes. So the top of their game and we asked them how they developed their, their grit. Um, and many of them talked about this like one time moment that was really, really difficult. So they talked about a significant moment that was very hard to overcome and that that really was a key determinant in their grit. So being able to stay focused on, on what they wanted and, um, staying passionate about it. For me, probably the, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd say for me, probably the thing that really impacted my own grit was I was at the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013. And I had just uh, finished the race about 45 minutes before the bomb occurred, but I was right near the finish line. And uh, for me, it really uh, woke me up to my purpose. Um, we had heard there was you know, multiple bombs along the course. And, you know, perhaps there could be a bomb where we're staying because we were right next to the, the course. We were right on the course, our hotel was. Um, and it was a really, um, not only a life-threatening moment for me, but um, a time where my race didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter that I just PR'd at the Boston Marathon and ran a great time. It was actually, you know, what mattered most was my family and my passion and what I was doing. And I started making different decisions after that that moment being at the Boston Marathon, um, I got more clear on my purpose and why I do what I do. And I, I wrote a book, something I always wanted to do. And, and, and actually, since the 2013 Boston Marathon became more focused on speaking and delivering uh, and uh, my, my message that way. So, um, you know, I think moments of grit can be I think you, you become to understand yourself and what your grit is really uh, like and and uh, you become more, I guess, in tune with that during the really more more difficult moments in your life. Yeah, we absolutely agree in terms of, of grit being something that's developed. I love Carol Dweck's work with growth mindset. I love Angela Duckworth's work on grit and, and that whole research behind it. I'm curious how you can influence or encourage others to develop it. One, perhaps if they struggle with a fixed mindset and the belief that you're either born with it or born without it, um, but the ones that haven't had a significant situation or turning point moment in their life, how you can still encourage and influence them to develop their own grid, knowing that it will be necessary at some point in life down the road. That's another great question. Um, so the way that I would answer that is I break down the definition. And we know in, in the field of performance and sports psychology that there is a variety of ways that we can cultivate our passion, uh, which is part of Duckworth's definition, you know, your passion and perseverance for your very long-term goals. We also know there's psychological skills to develop, um, you know, or psychological tools to develop your skill of being perseverant and sticking with things. And then we know that there's a whole literature, literature about the power of setting goals. Um, so to me, when I think about developing and helping athletes develop their grit, I'm looking at, okay, um, how can I help athletes be, and not just athletes, but, you know, corporate athletes as well, be more passionate about what they're doing. Um, stick with it when it gets difficult. And do they know what their goals are? And are they really clear on that? And do they know when to focus on more of the outcome goals versus the process uh, or more performance goals? Um, and so that's, that's where I'm going to start. You know, my book is called Beyond Grit. And the reason I called it Beyond Grit is it covers 10 practices of the world's best. And these are practices that um, I've seen in the world's best, but are also 
uh, consistent with the literature and performance psychology. And grit is just one of them, right? So sometimes I think when we think about what is the it factor, <laughs> uh, you know, for us to develop, I, I don't think that there is an it factor. Um, I think grit is a piece of the puzzle in terms of being uh, the best that you can. And there's quite a bit of research about how it's connected to achievement. Um, it's connected to um, interest and enjoyment, like in sport, for example. Um, and uh, it's connected to, I was even reading a study this weekend about entrepreneurial success and how grit is connected to that, right? Um, but, I, you know, the book covers really these other nine practices because it's important that we see it as not something we're born with, but we can continue to develop ourselves to be really an elite performer in any way. That, that answer, I, I have two directions I want to take off of this. It has me just really excited. So the first was what you talked about of, of the sustained passion and grit and the characteristics in your book. We had a fascinating conversation uh, with Yogi Roth, who works for the Pac-12 Network, about the future in sports and what he sees in youth athletes. And he made the comment that he thinks you'll see more, quote unquote, but over the next 10 years because with all of social media and all of the attention, people fall in love more with the attention than the game. And unless yeah. passion and love for the game, whatever the sport that is, you won't be able to have it to sustain and stick with it and, and want to continue playing, which is fascinating reiterated by what you said about the importance of having that passion. The other thing is, is about your book which is incredibly incredibly influential. And, and as someone who right now, I'm in the weeds of writing the book. My first book on okay. being an editor, I'm right in the heart of it. And, and what you've done with the book is very inspiring. I'm curious how you started your process of seeing that big goal. Because you sit down to write and see that blinking cursor and it yeah. helps you. And it, it's like that for a lot of us, whether it's walking into the gym for the first time or for a job right. interview. That big goal haunts us a little bit about its size. How do you encourage mm -hmm. people to take that first step? Yeah, that's a great question. I have a big, big goal of writing five books in five years. <laughs> so I can say that out there. It's, you know, it does intimidate me. I have a book and a workbook now. So I got, I got three more to write in the next three years. Um, you know, for me, it started with my experience at the Boston Marathon and realizing, okay, I only got one life. I really want to make sure that it's meaningful and I serve others. And I, I thought in my heart that I have all this that I could really like impact the world with. And so that's why, that's why I wanted to share it. I think getting clear on the reason and the purpose you're doing, what you're doing is really important. Um, and I started my book with, um, with a, a table of contents uh, I knew that I wanted to cover these 52 practice or these 52 chapters that were part of these 10 practices. And I expected my book to be pretty short, you know, like uh, two pages for every, um, every chapter. So it'd be like 104 pages <laughs> and I got halfway through and it was already 104 pages. <laughs> so uh, that didn't work out so well, but there was a moment where I did not want to write and I was done um, and I recall it was actually right at the beginning of football season. So my life was just about to get even busier. And um, I, I did really struggle with that. One of the things that I did that was really helpful is I um, made like 
a, a board. I called it, you know, part of my grit board. And now I, I have a, a different grit board that I can talk about in a second. But it was all the people that I wanted to impact from this book, like the reasons that I was writing this book. And I printed out pictures of them. I took pictures of them, you know, from the internet, posted them right above my computer. So when I sat down, I thought about my why and that it really wasn't about me. I wasn't writing it, it to serve me. It was about, you know, I really wanted something for my voice to read and my, my legacy that I was leaving from that for them. I really wanted, you know, I had pictures of the athletes that I worked with and I, I know that this book could really like help this athlete better understand what I mean by grit and confidence or how to develop it. So, um, but it's not easy. I think to write a book and sustain it long-term like that commitment, you need a bigger reason besides yourself. Um, and that's what we actually know about the research on purpose, right? Like your purpose is more impactful when it's not just you're doing it for you, but you're doing it for other people and to serve others. Um, so, you know, those are a few tips that I would provide. I also had people around me that really supported me that I could call and say, man, <laughs> I'm struggling, you know, and they, they'd give me a pep talk. I had a, I still have a coach I use. I had a writing coach. You know, this is more of my own mental coach my family. Um, but I also had to make a lot of sacrifices to get the book done. So I recall, you know, this one Sunday, my boys are playing football in the backyard with my husband and I'm sitting there writing, you know, uh, and I had to get really clear on, on why I was doing it. Um, uh, but the, the, the end result is phenomenal because, um, you have really something that impacts other people besides you just being there and talking with them. And now I get messages of, you know, I, I read your book and it helped me in this way, or I was struggling with this and I, you know, I pulled out your book and read this chapter. So um, I think reminding yourself that those things are going to come. And, and I just want to encourage you on that fact. I heard John Maxwell say the other day in an interview with Don Yeager, he talked about how when he goes and talks, he can influence someone for 45 minutes or a day, but with his books, he's able to influence them throughout a lifetime. So uh, you obviously getting that feedback from your readers is fantastic. And, and one of the things that you hit on that I really want to hammer home for the listeners is you are at the top of your field. Uh, you're one of the leading speakers on this topic. You have coaches that you still brought in to help yes. you process, which is so crucial for any successful competitor in life, whether it's on the field, needing a coach or in life business, finance, health, it's great to have that coach beside you. I want to switch gears as we wrap up to talk about developing just mental toughness and resilience in, in kids and youth athletes uh, in healthy ways. Because I think with social media, we see so much in the youth sports world right now that is positive and very negative in terms of how parents are handling certain certain. Uh, uh, I would say atmospheres are opportunities to parents, uh, grit and toughness. And I know that the listeners for our show and our racing competitors are passionate about just finding ways to help their kids succeed in school and life with mental toughness being a big piece of that. Senator, how can people get connected with you? How can they find out more about your book and the work that you've got going on? Absolutely. So probably the easiest way is you can head over to Dr. Sindra. So D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A. That's probably the easiest way. Um, and my book Beyond Grit is up there. Um, I have a workbook that goes with it. And then an academy we launched about six months ago to help you learn more about these 10 practices um, of the world's best and how how can we practice them as everyday people? Because in 
you know, we perform every day, maybe not as athletes, but in our work and our lives and the different roles that we have. So probably the easiest way would be drsyndra.com. I'm also on Twitter at mentally underscore strong. So um, I have a podcast called High Performance Mindset. So every week I'm delivering a a short message about mindset. um, And then I interview people about mindset as well and just interview some of the best uh, in terms of in the mental game. So it's kind of amazing um, who I get to interview, you you know, right? Like you just, (laughs) I appreciate everyone being on. So Awesome. Well, we will link to all of that in the show notes. We'll have links to the book, your workbook, the Academy, everyone should go check it out. I've been following her for quite some time on Twitter. It's fantastic content. Senator, thank you so much for joining the show this week. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 